Hey guys, thanks for joining us for episode 10. We've got a very special episode for you. It's all about the Super League today. So that's the uh, new thing in European soccer. And we'll have Tong kind of explain what, what's all going on over there. Sure. So the original idea for it was basically to get all the top clubs in Europe, uh, soccer clubs, and put them in their own separate league. So it was going to be 20 clubs with 15 being permanent. And then they were had 12 confirmed teams. Uh, basically removing themselves from the Champions League and it was they were going to play weekdays and then be in the, their domestic leagues on the weekends. Um, and it was going to be this huge financial backing from like JP Morgan. There was going to be huge TV deals to be negotiated. Uh, they were going to give all the founding clubs like three and a half billion euros just for joining. They were going to split that among each other and a prize fund of like two and a half billion. So the money involved would have been nuts. Um, but there was a lot of backlash because it goes directly against pretty much everything soccer in Europe has stood for for decades. So um, it ultimately didn't happen. Um, and we'll kind of talk about why, why we think and, you know, the effects it would have had and, and it's going to still have. But Yeah, so basically, I guess last week now, the, the co-chairs came out and announced that the Super League was starting and, and they were really excited about it. And as, as Tom kind of mentioned, just the overall financial backing of this thing was crazy. It was two to three times more money these teams would earn than they do in Champions League, which is already ridiculous. And I think that was the the overall appeal. I mean, what just the amount of revenue these clubs could generate from the Super League was was ridiculous, don't you think, Tong? Yeah, and I think that's why I think all these big clubs really thought, hey, we're the ones who are driving most of the interest and making the most amount of money for these leagues. Um, we deserve to be compensated for that reason. And I think all these clubs is kind of, we're only thinking it from the greed point of view in terms of we can make even more money from this than we already do as owners. Who cares if people don't like it? This is what we think is best for the club. And we basically, they were saying it was a power play. Like, Hey, we have all the power. These domestic leagues need us because of the interest that it provides to everyone. Let's just take take our ball and go to the, the Super League, basically. Um, and that would have been, I don't know, that would have been, <laughs> it's one of those things that we've heard about for years and years, but it's never really seemed like something that would come to fruition. And all of a sudden it just was announced one day. Like I basically woke up to the news essentially. Um, and that would have just had devastating impacts to really all the, all the leagues below the Prem too, as well as, you know, Bundesliga and all those. So. Yeah, it would have been detrimental, I think, um, to all those leagues. And and what's funny, as you mentioned, everything was was kind of based around greed and just looking at it only from a financial perspective. And a, a good portion of the ownership was American owners. Um, I think they looked at the NFL and they looked at the MLB and, and the NBA as as kind of their maybe their source of inspiration for this kind of stuff where basically the, the sole purpose of those teams is, is in the, in America is to make money. They're a business. And I, I think you hear a lot of, a lot of um, players talk about it that way and they understand that it's a business, but I think there are stronger ties and in, in different um, values in Europe. And I think the owners kind of found that out the hard way. I think they unveiled this thing and expected the fans to be on board right away. And the amount of backlash they received instantly was amazing it was phenomenal it was unanimous pretty much I, I think they expected it from certain fan groups and i think they expected people to be mad on twitter and stuff like that because people always are but 
it, it was not just them. It was coaches of the top clubs who were going to be in the league, who you would think it would benefit. It was players. Um, it was immediate protests at stadiums the day after. Um, it was pretty, it, it was pretty unified. Everyone basically was turning on these clubs overnight. Like there were people ready to ditch their clubs and support the local league. Yeah. So I think this might be like the only time you ever see uh, a United fan and a Liverpool fans and Arsenal fans and Chelsea fans all going, you know, for the same, for the same motion. Every, nobody wanted this league to happen. And I think that just shows, you know, how, how opposed these fans were. And I think, the traditions in European soccer go back way longer than, you know, any of us were around. And I think just, you know, a lot of, a lot of the signs and protests I saw were, you know, built by the poor and and taken by the rich, which kind of symbolized, you know, when these clubs started, it was just like a, like an after work thing. And and there wasn't much to go off. And and now they've built this into like the premier league, especially they've built it into one of the best leagues in the world. And it's, it's already extremely profitable. It just shows how greedy these, these owners were because they, they needed more money in their pockets. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, where a United fan didn't want to see it happen because even though, you know, United's rich, they still have to earn it to some degree. Like maybe it's not as hard compared to a West Brom, but it's, they still have to qualify and get in. And this was literally going to be just a closed system where they can automatically make it every year. They're not even going to have to worry or care about the, you know, the FA cup or the prem. They can just play their backups, you know, make sure everyone, they make sure they stay in the league because they don't care about the league anymore, just not get relegated. And then, you know, they can just focus on, the midweek games against Barcelona. But I think too, a lot of the appeal of the champions league is being able to watch a game you don't often see. So like, it's not every day you watch Juventus Bayern or whatever, but if that happened often in one of a league like this, I really do think it would take away the appeal and it, it wouldn't be, it'd just be like any other league at that point. It, it wouldn't even feel like a super league. It just feel like the league. And I think that ruins a lot of the, I don't know what makes the game special. It also it eliminates the the underdog factor because with all of these massive clubs automatically in this competition every year, and there's only five spots left, and you got to figure those were going to the next basically five biggest clubs that were decently successful throughout the season. It takes away those special runs that you see where you know different clubs who who don't always have a lot of money or you know they sneak into Champions League and maybe they win a few games and there's like a Cinderella story type deal going on it it takes away all of that fun and i think another thing that's that's appealing to me about Champions League is theoretically you could have an entirely new um you know new team base from year to year like no one's guaranteed that they're they're going back and i think that that's that's awesome i think it's kind of like the NCAA tournament you know you see you see teams like Duke and Kentucky, they're, you know, everybody assumes they're locks at the, at, at the year, but this year they weren't. And I think that's that like, even the blue bloods have to earn it, like you said. And I think that's something that's, that's cool and interesting about the champions league and what makes it unique. It really would have decimated the prem too, and every other league that participated. But I mean, you think of Everton or Leicester, those teams are able to pull together a roster and they, I mean, now they're able to spend money with these TV deals and, if they now you'd have a player like um i don't know vardy let's say as an example if you had a vardy who had to decide between hey he's getting super league offers where he's going to make triple the amount of money and everything or he can stay with his club that in a league that is losing power day by day because they're not being watched as much and everything it basically makes the prem the championship 
you know, it, it's all going to trickle down from there where it's, it's just a lot, you know, less of a, of a, of a thing to, of a, less of a thing to watch. And I think like 20 years from now, maybe it's, maybe players stick with it these days, but I think 20 years from now, someone growing up be like, yeah, I'll just join the super league. Like this, you know, the old system doesn't mean anything to me. I'm, I'm young enough, you know, whatever. And I think it would have really kind of killed the game in some ways. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the wages that those teams that were locked into the Super League, the the amount of wages those people, those teams would have been able to pay, no, no other teams could have matched that. Just just purely on, even if they didn't win a single game in the Super League, just the amount of money they get from from just being a part of it would have guaranteed that their salaries would have been way more than any other team could offer, which just once again, ruins the game. And, and like there, there is some of that now where, you know, certain teams obviously have more money and can buy certain things, but just to the point, it would, it, it would exacerbate that to an unfathomable level. It'd just be, I don't know. It would have ruined the game, like you said, and it just yeah. hurts all those smaller clubs. And like, I don't know. It, I joke about how I want United to get Holland for however much money we can this summer. And whether that's 500 million or whatever. I mean, if those TV deals went through and all that money they were going to get, like he, it act like he'd actually go for 400 million. Like the the amount, the disparity would be even greater than normal. And it is now like the Real Madrid president was saying how this was going to basically help the entire game, help the grassroots game everywhere. And that it's needed because even rich teams right now are losing a ton of money because of COVID and things like that. But there's just no way that would have trickled down past 20 or 30 clubs in, in the, in Europe, there's just no way. And it, 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 it just felt uh, kind of sleazy that they were doing it during a pandemic too, where people can't voice their opinions as much as easily at, at stadiums and stuff. And it, it felt like they were just kind of capitalizing on it to me. Right. And, and I do think that the COVID financial issues may have sped up the process of them announcing this and releasing it because they're looking for new ways to generate money. But that's not really an excuse. These, these are billionaires that are owning the clubs. Like they, they still have money. Right. What I don't get is like, they, they've talked about this for years now and they, they had to know there was going to be backlash. And this wasn't like an overnight thing in terms of the details and the legal work and everything. So it just, it still shocks me that this ended so quickly. Like I, I, when it was announced, I figured this was going to be a months long drawn out thing um and i figured it'd probably go through but i definitely didn't think they would cave like the most powerful people in the game in terms of money and owning clubs i didn't think they'd cave after three days and i'm not i still don't really understand why in some ways like i know the backlash was big but it wasn't any bigger than i thought it would be like it it was exactly what i expected i just thought that they would wait for people to be outraged wait for that to be over and then just be like all right we're doing it you know yeah, it, it was crazy at just how quickly it collapsed. Like, it started as, like, a few teams were like, ah, we're out. And then all of a sudden, like, everybody was out. And to me, like like you said, they're the ones that that proposed the idea, so they should have been prepared for this backlash. They should have been, like, they should have thought through some scenarios, like, if this happens, then, then we're going to counter with this, or, like, vice versa. Whereas, like, so, like, FIFA and UEFA and those guys should have been the ones that were caught off guard but it almost seemed like those roles were reversed. Like they just expected everything to go so smoothly and there would be no backlash. Yeah. Well, they didn't even propose it. They just said, we're doing it. And they posted generic responses on websites and on Twitter. And then they saw that it was not a good reaction. So then people who weren't really in it, they just kind of bailed. Like 
City and Chelsea, they didn't really want to do it as much. They didn't have as much like power at the table. So they're like, eh, we'll just get out of here. But I don't know. I just, it's just crazy that they, and now, I mean, just talk about, you know, whether there's going to be punishment to these teams and I'm for that, but we'll see if it happens. But, you know, I, it just felt like, and there, there was talk at one point about them canceling the Champions League, just giving it to PSG since they didn't join. And what a way to win the Champions League if you're Neymar. You finally finally get one, but it's by default because three other teams branch off into a, their own trophy, Super League. Trophy, the trophy. I mean, yeah, it is. So let, let's kind of talk about like why we think maybe maybe it, it failed so quickly. Like what, do, what are your thoughts behind, you know, just how what what went wrong for them? Well, I think there were, from what I've seen, there were four or five teams who really wanted it in terms of their board. So like Real Madrid's guy was Florentino Perez. He was at the heart of it. Um, the Juventus guy, Agnelli, was at it. Um, and then like Liverpool United, those teams seemed like they were really pushing it. And if you look at it, they were the chairman on, like they were going to be the board of this new Super League. And I think they were trying to be the ones to crowd everybody into this league. And I think a lot of these teams didn't want to be left behind uh, and they didn't necessarily really want to be in it and not to give them a pass. Cause they still decided to join, you know, but, um, and if you're a team like Arsenal or Tottenham where you can make a good argument, they didn't even deserve being in it in the first place compared to other teams in terms of, you know, recent success. I think if you already have all those doubts and you don't even know if you should really be in it in the first place, it's a lot easier for you to like drop out. But I, I, yeah, it is, it is really weird to me that it was done after three days. Like, I don't have a great, I mean, I don't have a great answer for it, but I, the most recent comments from the Real Madrid president are that it's still a legally binding contract that they signed and that it's not over and that this is just suspended. So, I, I mean, I don't know how full of crap he is, but it wouldn't surprise me if in a year from now they try something again, maybe not the same clubs, maybe it's a different mix of clubs it would look really bad for the Liverpool club or for the Liverpool owner. If he announces that they're doing it again, after he posted a long, I'm sorry, video on Twitter, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I, I think, I think part of the reason it failed is, is timing. So what FIFA countered with was, Hey, anybody who plays in there isn't going to be able to be able to play in the euros or internationally. So if they, if they roll this out, two years from now after the world cup, maybe players don't aren't as hesitant to join or play because, Hey, there's four years for us to figure this out. And by the time that the next world cup comes around, it'll, it'll all be fine. Whereas now the euros are looming in a couple months and like it, the, the impact would have been immediate. Whereas I think maybe if, if they roll it out after the world cup, then there's more time where, you know, things can kind of get figured out, but FIFA just laid down the wall right now and said, Hey, you know, they're not going to be able to play in this and this, and, you know, UEFA was kicking them out of the champions league. And I think, I think timing was part of the issue. It's a good point. I don't, I don't know if like it was an empty threat by the team, by the leagues or, and by FIFA, if they were actually going to bar them from international competition, but if it is, it's a really good empty threat. Like there's nothing like you can't tell me Pulisic wouldn't want to play for the United States just because he's playing for Chelsea. And you could say that about a lot of players maybe some wouldn't care, but I just got to believe a lot would. And I think too, maybe it had to do with teams that just decided not to join. So PSG declined, Bayern declined. I think Dortmund declined. Yep. And I think there are a few others too that were asked and, 
you know, not that that was like, they still went through with trying to do the league, but I think having those really big clubs not join maybe was part of it. And maybe it's like, okay, these rich clubs are saying not to, we don't have, you know, maybe this is not the right move. Um, I saw an interesting theory about PSG and that they're owned by the Qatari group and they've used PSG to kind of like flex a little bit and they have the world cup coming up. Right. So maybe like, why would, why would they want to join this super league? And then in turn, all those players are banned from the world cup. And so then they can't, you know, they've gone through this whole thing of building stadiums. Now they can't even use the stadiums to like have the best players. That's a good point. I think, yeah. There's just so many, I, I think, for me, I would have liked to see it go on a little bit longer and kind of see, you know, who would be the first one to cave. Like, obviously, we know the Super League was the first one to cave, but like, it happened so quickly, like it wasn't even fun. Like, right. was, you want to see like, the world burn a little bit? It was like it was like the little brother that came up to the older brother and was like, you know, give me your sandwich, and the older brother just shoves his head into the couch and said no. Like, right. it was over. Well, we were talking about when we we're going to do this episode. And I was like, oh, we don't have to rush it or anything. Like, this will be a thing. This will change the sport forever. It'll be, like, around for a while. And then literally the next day, maybe not even the next day, I don't even know. But it was like, okay, the Super League's not happening anymore. It's like, well, <laughs> like, it just, I don't know. It's crazy how it, like, happened like that. Right. It was just, like, immediate smackdown by FIFA. And I think I think what they did was they put the pressure on the players, which was, which was smart to me. Because, you know, the owners don't really care. I mean, they, they only really care about their club team. And so there wasn't really a way to punch them outside of kicking them out of Champions League, which that only affects three of the clubs. Whereas if you target the players, which FIFA did, you know, if all of the players revolt or refuse to take the pitch, like the teams can't play. And so that that then hurts the clubs. So by targeting the players, they found a way to, to potentially hurt the clubs if they would have continued, which I think was very smart on FIFA's and I think it helps now that all these players and coaches are on record for not liking it now. Cause like they've, I saw the quote from Klopp in 2019, maybe something like that, where it was like, I am not a fan of the super league and I don't think it's a good idea. And then that was brought up to him this time around. Like, Hey, are you still like, is that still your opinion? Well, I think that's going to be, if this does happen again, a lot of coaches and players are going to be on record for being like, Hey, I, you know, it, it'll look really flip floppy if you know you go back on your word like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see if any owners step down or if anything happens to these clubs in terms of, terms of point deductions or anything like that. Yeah, it will be interesting. But like you said, like Klopp said, no. Pep said something along the lines of, is it really a competition if you don't have to qualify for it? Like, is it really a sport? And I think when when guys like that speak out and say that it's a bad idea. Like those are some of the brightest soccer minds in the game. Like some, something obviously isn't right. And it, and it had to do, and obviously they're thinking about it more from a soccer perspective than whereas the owners are just thinking more financially, which I think there's probably a healthy balance in there somewhere. Like champions league may need to reform, which they kind of are doing a little bit. There's some things that are changing. So maybe, maybe the super league doesn't actually happen, but it leads to changes in, in the way that, you know, Champions League and, and Europa League are done. Right. Well, I think that like a lot of the changes in the last few years have kind of led to a more Super League kind of a, approach. Like the if you look at the new Champions League format, it's kind of more like this. It, it's closer to the Super League than it was before. So like it's not the Super League. It's not that drastic, but it felt like the Super League 
like just took it to the extreme right away. And people, the smart move from them would have just been to slowly incrementally change things until it's like almost kind of a super league. And then it'd be an easier switch almost. Um, but because it, it was just like, there was no gradual, you know, easing the fan base into it. It was just one morning. Oh yeah. By the way, we're making this super league and you guys are going to like it when in reality they didn't like it. And here we are. I think what they didn't expect too, is that the, the politicians in Europe to hate it. So I, there were reports of like, or at least quotes from English politicians saying like, this is terrible for the game. And it makes sense. Like, I mean, if you're looking for something popular to say, it's going to be, it's going to be coming out against the super league and it's going to hurt the bottom line in all these cities. So the queen of England herself stepped in and said, you know, to the, to the big six, you can't go to that super league, you know, not until I'm dead. And that's not going to be for a while. She, she had to come, come out of Buckingham palace and, and lay down the law for that one. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I still think they could have held on longer. I, I still am a little baffled by that, but uh, I do think it was funny. The uh, main United president or something like that, Ed Woodward, he uh, he stepped down at once. Once we left the Super League, he stepped down uh, and he said it was out of protest for the Super League. That, well, that was a report, which is obviously a bunch of nonsense because he didn't protest it until they dropped out. And it was obviously just falling on his sword. But that, that made it worth it for me that at least this guy who'd been terrible for the club, at least he left because of it. So I'm down. I'm down to do the Super League again and have this happen for three more days again. So there are some small victories for for the folks of out course. there i uh i wonder if I, it, it probably wasn't linked but literally the day that it was announced the super league Mourinho was fired from tottenham and i just think that's hilarious like right before a cup final that he could have won just fired right and <laughs> so I, I don't know like if that was supposed to be a distraction or what so you know with the ending of the super league and there are talks about punishments are there are there any that you that you deem or you've seen that you think are fair or what do you think might happen to these clubs that decided to you know join the super league what i think will happen is maybe there's like uh some transfer bans handed out or like there's some sort of i think there'll be a punishment i don't think there can be no punishment i don't really think it'll be as big as some people are hoping like I've seen calls for and from big name pundits too. I've seen people called for like relegating the teams or deducting points and things like that um, or taking away trophies. I don't know that it, I don't know that it's going to come to that. And maybe that's another reason why people ditch this really quick because they didn't want to face these punishments and then have it not happen. But I mean, personally, I'd be fine with seeing United get a points deduction or something drastic like it's it's really unfair because the fan didn't do anything the player didn't do anything the coach didn't do anything it's literally just you know like 12 billionaires who like right impacted all of it but i mean you got to do something like there's got to be some sort of punishment otherwise they're just going to do it again and then you know we're back at the same spot right and i i that's a good point as i think something needs to happen i don't know what that's going to be and and like you said it's probably not going to be anything drastic but what i also think is funny is that the super league might punish them for for leaving you know there's talks about well they're gonna have to pay fines because they broke the contract well who are those fines going to because everybody else lost is out of the league so it's just going to be like real madrid and barcelona juventus maybe and juventus yeah so the three of them are just going to split the fees the fine yeah. and just yeah, go on our merry way. So I, I think that's funny that the one thing that is going to punish, they're going to get punished for joining the Super League, and they're also going to get punished for leaving the Super League. So 
I think that's hilarious, which could deter them from like from a Super League starting again. If if the chairman is going to of the Super League is going to hold them to these contracts and that could that could ruin some relationships and, and that could be the, the detriment of something like this down the line. Yeah. And uh, I, I saw they each club loses like eight to nine million or something and sunk marketing fees. So just just participating in this and going through the motions lost them money, which I think is pretty funny. Um, I think that's uh, not a great look for these clubs who are now playing like basically everybody's rooting against these clubs for now on until like the foreseeable future in any game. And once you finally do get fans back at these games, like every chance going to be about, you know, like they're going to be one, nothing down to, to Watford who just got promoted and they're going to be chanting, you know, super league, you know, super something about super league. And it's going to be, there might even be chance from the own fans, like our owners, a wanker, like all this stuff, like, it, the the banter potential is unreal coming up and when the stands are full yeah very frustrating very <laughs> but uh i'm as a lester fan are you happy that uh this isn't happening or or oh, you know I, were you mad you weren't invited no because i was opposed from it from the start like i'm obviously i'm glad it it, it didn't happen because that would have ruined lester they're like basically it ruins anyone who wasn't in the super league and especially you know Lester, who's found who's found some success in the, in the last couple of years, like they've been at the top of the table. They blew Champions League last year, but they're they're sitting third right now. Like they're they've performed better than Arsenal and Tottenham in in those squads in the last couple of years, which is frustrating because those those teams got invited to the Super League because they're supposed to be the best. When in reality, you know, they're just the biggest. And so I think from that standpoint, it was frustrating, but also at the same point they didn't understand that their effects, the big clubs didn't understand the effects they would have had on the smaller clubs. They were just looking selfishly and, and kind of, you know, we were on the outside looking in at at just all the revenue and, and Lester already has a problem retaining their players. Like once they get decent, they just, somebody else buys them. Like if the super league would have happened, Arsenal might've just bought all of Lester's team and just, we'll just swap teams. Like, like right. there's just stuff like that that would have just been so frustrating that there's nothing they could have done to, to change it. And this is a theory, but I tend to believe it wouldn't have stopped at the Super League either. So, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me to see them add other big clubs eventually from or big clubs from other countries. So like it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me to see Inter Miami in 20 years in the Super League and then they make it like a global Super League. And then you have games where it's like Juventus versus Barcelona and I don't know, in like Detroit, not Detroit, but like all around the world, basically Australia's Korea, you know, and then it really takes like the, the regional aspect out of things where it's like, not even your, it's really just a, it's like a touring thing. Yeah. It's like not even Liverpool anymore. It's just like the team called Liverpool. Like, it's just like a globetrotter situation where it's like, they go around. It's like the international champions cup you know, where they all come to America for some games for some friendlies. I feel like it would have turned into that. And that's not really based off anything, but I feel like if they did this, why wouldn't they? Right. Why wouldn't they do that? So my question is, if if you're a Leicester or you're those next clubs, you're an Everton, you know, what what's what's the rebuttal from you? Do you make a, do you make a Super League junior, a decent league, like to make money? Like how, how, how do you counter that? If it would have happened? Yeah. Like what, what, what's the rebuttal or you just take it on the chops and you do whatever you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they would have done 
I mean, Everton at least would have probably been in a situation where they could win the Prem a lot and compete for these trophies. Well, what I don't know. I don't know how they could like create their own. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe they could create their own Super League, but like, I don't know how they would do that. I, I don't know that there's Good a question. right answer, but like, I feel like those clubs, they would have had to change something to, to survive because the Super League would have just absorbed everything, all the money from everywhere. Because like you said, they could have won the Prim, but what does winning the Prim then get you? If there's no Champions League, if there's no, like, right. you maybe get an invite to the Super League where you're playing teams who have wages that are incredibly higher than what you're able to pay. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a chance, too, that Super League would have failed. Like, maybe it wouldn't have had the interest that people expected, and they, it, you know, it, it could have been something that they bit off more than they chew, chewed. And so then they couldn't really, like, you know, they put all this money into it and then all of a sudden the TV ratings aren't what they expect and people kind of hate it. And, and maybe there's a resurgence in, like, the grassroots game for your local club or maybe people are still watching, you know, NBCSN in America and they're watching the Prem. They're not watching, they're not watching the Super League. Like, I, I, don't, I really don't think I would have watched the Super League that much. And I love watching these teams. But I think realistically, like, I would have watched Man United because it would have been hard for me to stop doing that. But I, I don't know that I would have really turned on Real Madrid, like AC Milan again, you know, like on a Wednesday. I, I really don't know that I would have done that. And I think they were banking on that. So for the average fan or like the just the, the fair weather fan, I think the idea was great. Like Pat McAfee, who played soccer growing up, he doesn't know a lot about it, but he put out some tweet like, this is the greatest thing ever. And once he kind of learned more about it, because he, he he's just like, wow, I'm going to see Barcelona play Liverpool every week. This is amazing. These are just the clubs that if you don't really know soccer, you know the clubs. He's like, I'm going to see these these teams play every week. This is amazing. And then once you start to dig into it, then, you know, you understand that the diehard fans are against it and everybody else is against it. And I think, I think just the average fan is like, this is amazing. But I think everybody else was just against it, which I don't think they expected, which was cool. Right. But, and then if you're thinking about a Pat McAfee there or somebody like that, he's not going to watch a super league that much more than he watches a regular soccer game. And so I think it, I think there was a potential for it to still bust, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you might get those casual fans a little bit more and there's so many soccer fans globally that maybe it can even out or it'd be a lot more, you know, productive for you. But I just don't know that it would have really had the effect that they were hoping for. And then, it would have been really funny to see in three years, all these teams come crawling back to their domestic leagues and then them being placed in the third division. Like, Hey, you screwed us. Now we're going to screw you, you know? Right. Like take it back. That's, that's where I agree with you where it would be nice if like we could have seen what would happen. Like I'd love to see different timelines, but just not live out that timeline. Right. Exactly. You know, (laughs) exactly. Need some Dr. Strange stuff going on. Right. I don't know if you've seen it, but there was the, they're, they're creating a new European league on top of the Champions League and the Europa League. Like, not the Super League, but it's a whole other thing. So, it's almost like it's called the Euro- Europa Conference League. And it just sounds like a mess because it's – so, if you have the Champions League, that's like March Madness, right? And then you have Europa League, that's like the NIT. Yeah. Well, now there's one below that. And so, it's like teams who finish – I don't know. I don't know all the details, but like finish seventh through ninth maybe in the prem and then like teams from really small European countries. So, so they're really just milking everything they can out of Arsenal. Arsenal is going to make a tournament. That's good for them. Maybe, maybe. I mean, what are they in right now? Eight? I, I don't know. I think they're, they're right in that range. Let's see. 
they've got they've got something to battle for. They're in tenth, so I don't even know if they qualify for that. But if wow. they they're in the Europa League semifinals, so if they can true, win true. out, they get to Champions League. But Very yeah, true. I mean, I just feel like all these like organizations just want to milk these players from as much as many games as possible and trying to get you know the most amount of money. Which I mean, it's a business, so I get it, but. But we are starting to see a little bit of backlash, like when the new Champions League format came out, Gundogan came out and was like, hey, like, are you kidding me? We got to play more games. Like, do you not understand? Like, that takes a toll on people's bodies. And like, it's it's not good for the player. Like, they come out and say, oh, more games is always good for the player, you know. But but in reality, there's a point where their bodies can't take it anymore. And, and it's not good for the player. Right. And I think it definitely flew under the radar. Like, it was released right when the super league was being released genius um, right it, it was like i mean if you want to get it conspiratorial about it like you know you could say they were in cahoots where it's like okay we can uh we can get the, this pass if we drop this bombshell of a terrible idea but yeah i mean it's just gonna be way more games for them and um yeah just and i, I don't really like the new setup either i don't know if we've talked about it but it's like instead of having groups you're gonna have like a giant table and you play 10 teams and then based off how you rank in that in the standings you then are seated in like a a playoff game kind of situation and that gets you to the knockout round and i just you don't play everybody so it's not going to seem fair i just don't like it but right and i think the groups is something that's unique to soccer like like no other sport like in the nba playoffs you don't get in a group of of four and kind of battle it out to see who advances like i think that that's something that soccer is unique about. And I think it's something that makes it special. Like the group stage in the world cup is like the best time. Like it, I just, I think the group stages is something that I think they're going to find out that they, they miss more than they think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Money grab. That's what it all comes down to money talks. All right, Tong. So let's kind of wrap up our, our conversation here about the, uh, the failed super league. And let's kind of talk about maybe the implications that we see moving forward. What, what comes of this or, or what kind of falls in the footsteps? Well, what I hope happens is that all these supporters kind of stay motivated and they stay um, active and trying to keep their voices heard. Like if there was no backlash, none of this would have been canceled. And it's pretty clear this wasn't a popular proposal at all. Um, and I think if people get complacent and think this won't happen again, then they might be a little naive and it might not happen for a while. It might not be successful again, but I got to believe there's going to be some sort of new super league that tries to pop up down the line or, or some proposal that is just not at all welcomed. Um, And I think if people think that it's going to just go away, that's probably not likely. Um, But what I hope happens is that the game just becomes more and more competitive. So obviously you have your rich teams, but, I mean, the day that you can't have a, a Lester type story or you can't celebrate and know that it's meaningful for a team like Wofford or, or Sunderland to get relegated again, something like that, or promoted again, you know, the day that that dies, like it loses a lot of interest for anybody who's paying attention to the game, really. So I think that's what I want to happen. I just wanted people to be, to kind of keep it in mind and to, uh, to follow it, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think I think as time passes, you know, hopefully, hopefully people don't forget about how, how the owners kind of try to steal the game from them, from a lot of teams. And I think it's still okay to be unhappy about this. I think a lot of times 
fans are forced to kind of go with what the owner said. But I think I think it proved this whole thing that, that fans do have some influence in what goes on. Like essentially fans pay the bills, right? We go to we go to games, we buy jerseys, we do that kind of stuff. So we we do have some influence. And I think it, it was it was cool to see, you know, what mass masses amount of people can do and kind of kind of influence. Um as far as as far as you know repercussions, I think I think a Super League is going to happen at some point. I think what happened this time just kind of kicked it down the line again, kind of like you mentioned. I think, you know, this could have just been a test run and they were planning to fold eventually too because they just wanted to see how the reaction was going to take. Like that's obviously dramatic, but, you know, it's it's not crazy, I guess, to, to kind of say that they just wanted to put out a feeler. Um, but, I, yeah, I think I think fans have to have to back the club to with everything they have but then when when it's time to speak up i think they did the right thing and, and do that and also i think the players need to remember that you know they also have a voice as well as the coaches and i think that's the only way that you know you kind of keep those greedy owners at bay yeah and i'd also add i'd love to see the owners removed in some way i know that's not going to happen probably not but i mean there are are talks about the spotify ceo linking up with some arsenal legends and get in the club and you know i don't know if that's likely it's probably not but i'd be happy for arsenal even if that doesn't happen for united i'd be happy if they were able to free themselves of that because you know maybe maybe this billionaire won't be better but is a chance you know like and it's there's not many people who can buy a club at this point in terms of a rich one like this so i don't know i'd love i'd love for there to be some sort of real repercussion for these owners um I'm not holding my breath, but I, I would love to see it happen. Jeff Bezos is just going to step in and buy all the clubs in Europe. So I did see that he can buy like the top 20 and still have a billion dollars left. So like, that's pretty cool. So maybe he'll just cool. make his own super league. It's terrifying, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> I don't think I'm for that either, but you know. Yeah. So I think, you know, we've pretty much covered a lot of the ins and outs of the super league, at least from our vantage point, you know, to, to Americans just looking in from the outside. Um, you have anything, any final words you kind of want to wrap up with or you kind of hit all of it? No. I was an Everton fan for about 26 hours. It was miserable. I'm glad to be back as a United fan for as long as I can be. That's all I got. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. He was an Everton fan. They hate Liverpool too, so. Man, only, only makes sense. I mean, you could have right. come to the Foxes. I could have. I mean, in the end, I had to I had to root against Jake Martin, and that's I'll do that till the day I die, you know. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this episode. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run, and so that'll make it a four nothing ball game. Um, don't forget, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and comment down below. Thanks, guys. You know, just workers after. <laughs>